You are listening to the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Football Podcast with John Pemba and Andrew Cooper. What's going on, everybody? John and Pemba here with Andrew Cooper. This is the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Football Podcast. Coop, week one is in the books. We look forward now to week two. Before we do that, how you doing, buddy? How was your how was your week one? Oh man, it was wild, dude. Just so much victory lapping. You know, it's uh, a beautiful thing. I ignored everything I got wrong. Obviously, we never eat crow. So, now, uh, did yeah, they no. try and rub a tunnion into the NFL Hall of Fame yet? Uh, I don't think they're going to after this one, but uh, yeah. Um, I mean, what, what are some of the guys that you hit on? I mean, we were we were kind of all over the place on it. Yeah, I mean, listen, obviously I was tweeting a lot about Antonio Brown during the preseason. Uh, you know, I thought that he was the best value of Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers receivers to draft going the seventh or eighth round. It came out a uh, monster game. Now, I know you have some stats there to maybe want to pump the brakes on a little bit, potentially, kind of, sort of, maybe. Uh, we'll touch upon that when we get to the Tampa Bay game, um, you know, in their matchup against Atlanta, which is probably going to still be a green light for everybody because Atlanta is terrible. Uh, but also, I was big on the Jalen Hurts, Devonta Smith stack. Uh, I had a lot of that, so it was exciting to see them go. And and basically all of the rookie receivers I tweeted out, uh, Waddle, Chase, and, and Smith all showed out big time uh, this week. So if you had any worries in Dynasty Leagues about the uh, you know the incoming receiver class, uh, they all look like studs out of the gate. So uh, a lot of good things uh, going on there. Um, Coop, you want to just jump into this? We'll go quick. We'll give our, our hot takes, our things we want to see uh, for each matchup of week two. Yeah, yeah, I say we'll, we'll just take these matchups and mix in a couple stats we thought were interesting and what we're hoping to see this week, you know, just that way we can kind of cover it all at once. Yeah, amen to that. So let's kick it off here. Thursday night football game. Uh, we have the New York Giants going up against the Washington football team. Washington is a three and a half point favorite in this one, uh, a 40 and a half game total. It's pretty, pretty ugly. Thursday night football is never pleasant. Anyways, Washington lost Ryan Fitzpatrick on IR. Now Taylor Henneke. Uh, is the starting quarterback there going into this matchup. Uh, the Giants, of course, did not look good in week one in their loss to Denver. Saquon Barkley, real big struggle city right there. Uh, Shepard, though, a big game for the Giants. What are your thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, I mean, crazy that Shepard played as many snaps as he did. It'll be interesting to see uh, if and when Evan Ingram comes back, how he factors in there. Uh, and then, of course, you know, everyone's thinking about Saquon Barkley. I mean, the Giants kind of are what they are. You know, it's like if Barkley can elevate everyone, then I think they're going to be good. If he can't be Barkley, then they're going to be in trouble. Um, with Washington, uh, Ron Rivera, it's, it's always glad to see him back to his old tricks of just using the same dudes on every single snap right like with the panthers he had the most consolidated snap share that we've seen of any team basically and this week he had terry mclaurin and logan thomas terry mclaurin and logan thomas both played 55 of 55 snaps and the one that interests me is uh diami brown the rookie played 51 of 55 snaps so as long as curtis samuel's out he could be interesting and uh antonio gibson fans have to be pretty pumped i was actually kind of lower on a gibson because i was worried about mckissick's usage Five targets for Antonio Gibson. I mean, you can't be more happy if you drafted Gibson. Like, that is exactly what you wanted to see, right? Yeah, exactly. Plus, you know, who knows? Without Fitzpatrick, not quarterback, they may even lean on the run uh, a little bit more. Nothing to take away from Henneke. You know, he was okay during the playoff run for them last year and shows capable of throwing the football. But we'll, we'll see how they go against, you know, Giants defense you know, isn't supposed to be terrible. I know Teddy Bridgewater kind of lit them up and, and they got gashed by a big run from Gordon there. But we'll see here. Uh, very interested in Washington's defense. If you have them in seasonal, uh, you're probably about to get a lot, a lot of points this week. 
Uh, next game, we're going to kick it over to Sunday. We have Buffalo versus Miami. Uh, Bills coming out of a tough loss there at home against Pittsburgh. Uh, Zach Moss was a healthy scratch mm. in week one. Coop, I'm not going to victory lap you on that one. I know you and I went back and forth on Zach Moss. Uh, Miami coming off a uh, a win. I'll say a lucky win against New England, forcing the Damian Harris fumble there at the end. Uh, they're quite an interesting team here. They're actually getting three and a half points as a home dog, 47 and a half game total in this one. Yeah, I mean, with the Bills, uh, they actually used a highly consolidated snap themselves. All three of Emmanuel Sanders, Stephon Diggs, and uh, Cole Beasley played 90% snap shares. Gabriel Davis uh, played about a 50% snap share. They basically used half, four, four wide receiver sets, and then half tight end. Kind of makes Gabe Davis and uh, Dawson Knox not really relevant. With the Dolphins... Again, we talked about this before. I loved Mike Gusecki last year because it was going to be Chan Gailey's offense where he uses big slot. Fine. Ryan Fitzpatrick was his quarterback with the Bills and the Jets where they had Eric Decker playing big slot. You know, I mean, Gailey used uh, Tony Gonzalez in the slot. That's why I like Gusecki last year. This year, I was off him, and, you know, he only played about 20 snaps. So I think what you're going to see from this Dolphins team is they're transitioning more to a team that has one two-way tight end. Uh, they use Durham Smythe this week. I know they have Shaheen, Hunter Long, a lot of those guys. And then three wide receivers. They want to spread it out. So it's going to be Devontae Parker, Jalen Waddell, and then Will Fuller when he gets, when he gets back. So, um, you know, and just beyond that, Malcolm Brown's usage was probably about the weirdest thing that I've seen from any running back. We're t- I have it here. One route run, four pass blocking snaps, five carries, six run blocking snaps. I mean, what is that? Is that RPO? Like, what what are these run blocking for? I, <laughs> I have no idea. I, I guess, no like, idea. we should be happy he was on the field. Maybe those will turn into some volume uh, in the future. I mean, Gaskin's only a nine carry, so uh, right. it's not as if he was uh, used as a monster there either. So something to look at. Um, Buffalo, you know, last week, Najee Harris did not do much on the ground, so their run defense is still pretty strong uh, with that one there. Uh, next matchup here, one of my favorites, I think, on the board for me from a DFS perspective. Uh, but we have the Rams going into Indy. Uh, the Colts, four-point home dogs here, 47.5 game total. Uh, the Rams looked every bit the part in week one. Uh, Stafford connecting with Cup, connecting with Woods. Even your boy, Tyler Higbee, mm. showed out a little bit. Maybe a changing of uh, how we can view him uh, going in this season. Uh, Colts side of things, Jonathan Taylor uh, looked very good uh, against Seattle. Naeem Hines looked very good. The receivers, outside of Jack Pascal. Not so much. And now one of them, most likely Pittman, is going to be on uh, Ramsey Island this week. Right. Yeah. I mean, we got to be scientists about this stuff. Right. So, like, you know, last year I looked at all this stuff, you know, all the numbers. Higby blocking on 20 percent of his past snaps, uh, you know, not really running a lot of routes. And I didn't like him. But his usage this week, he only blocked on 7 percent of his past plays. He was out there running a lot of routes. He didn't even come off the field. So, you know, you have to adjust when new stats and data come to like we can't just sit there being like oh i don't like this guy now he's actually kind of interesting to me i still don't think he's going to be a top two target on the team i think it's going to be cup cup and woods but if you have him right now i say start him and just use a bench spot looking for upside you know that that's my thought on it daryl henderson is a slam dunk he played pretty much all the snaps sony michelle hardly even played uh so the rams i think the offense as of right now we kind of know what it is. You know, it's, uh, you know, the two wide receivers, the tight end, and then they'll probably be rotating guys like uh, Van Jefferson and Deshaun um, Jackson. Trying Jefferson to get the- had a, a nice little game. I mean, low volume, mm-hmm. but, I mean, he, he came through with it. 
I think once he scored that touchdown, they because they said Deshaun Jackson is going to be heavily involved, but right away Van Jefferson scored that big play, and they were like, you know what, let's give this guy a chance. So I think, uh, you know, we might see a little more Deshaun Jackson this week, but you know, sometimes coaches just go with the hot hand. You have a guy make a big play like that, and you want to give him a shot. With the Colts, I really liked what Michael Pittman how he was used. I know he might get stuck on with Ramsey, but you know, ninety percent of snaps. And across from him, Zach Pascal played ninety percent of snaps. Zach Pascal was kind of the guy that we thought Gabriel, Gabriel Davis would be, you know what I mean? Like he just earned that outside role. He's not super athletic, but uh, you know, if the targets are there, then he could be a sneaky DFS play. Or, I mean, if it looks like it did again next week, he could be a guy that you like uh, Paris Campbell kind of just played slot. So not super interesting there. And sat on Paris Campbell. I had the over 20 and a half yards on him last week. He had one catch for 24. That's so yeah. very, yeah. very so close. Let me toss a little. Uh, so the running backs, it looks identical. You know what it looks exactly like is the Packers running backs with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, where basically they split the pass snaps even, but one guy got the bulk of the running snaps. That's exactly what it looked like. So for me, it doesn't really scare me off Jonathan Taylor. And it actually means that Naheem Hines every once in a while could be spot start type guy. But that, especially that, in know, PPR leagues, he, he could even be a low end RB2 some weeks. Right, exactly. It looked just, it was, we've seen this exact split before. And if the offense is good, then it's actually, you know, it can work for both guys. So, yep. Uh, next we have New England Patriots going up against the New York Jets here. Battle of rookie quarterbacks, uh, Zach Wilson and Mac Jones. The Jets are six point, uh, home dogs. This one, this line opened at three and a half has been bet up to six. So, uh, a lot of money going in on New England in this one, a 42 game total. You know, Mac Jones looked every bit the part. You know, I feel like they once they got in, in the other side of the 50, their play calling got a little bit more conservative. They went to the run. Ultimately, that ended up burning them. Uh, Damian Harris fumbling the football. There's been a lot of chatter that, you know, Damian Harris could be in the doghouse. But Ramondre Stevenson also fumbled. Many people are asking me about J.J. Taylor. J.J. Taylor is not a guy that's going to get early down work. That's just not how he's built. James White, if anything, would see maybe more snaps. He was very good in the passing game there. But Damian Harris is still going to be the running back to trust in this offense. He had 100 carries. He had 100 carries. He had 100 yards, uh, 20 carries there. So, um, you know, good ups there, I think, for New England. We kind of know where we're going. Uh, the Jets, Corey Davis, two touchdowns, came through big time uh, in that offense. Their running game, an absolute disaster. Um, but what, what's your take uh, on this matchup? Yeah, I mean, with the Patriots, uh, I mean, I went back and watched this one again because things can get a little bit crazy on, you know, Sundays watching Red Zone and stuff. So I watched the one, this one again, and Jalen Harris looked good. I mean, he looked really good. He was running hard. The two, two running backs that I thought looked really good just, you know, from an eye test standpoint were – Harris and uh, David Montgomery. We'll talk about him later. But uh, the thing with Harris is that, you know, I kind of scoured some things um, and there's a quote from running back coach Ivan Fears. A fun fact, I played uh, high school ball with his son, but Ivan Fears basically said when they asked him about it, he said it's never been a problem for Damien before. Right. So he's basically telling us, you know, this isn't like an ongoing problem where you would discipline him. It might be one of those things where, OK, it's happened. And now if it happens again, he loses touches. But I really don't think he loses touches over this. Um, you know, the, uh, and I admitted on Twitter uh, to you that Jacoby Myers did have good usage. He did look good out there. You know, That's an PPR. With the touchdown, though. He did. He did. And I think that in PPR, it's kind of like we said before, though, you know, like Jacoby Myers is the PPR guy. He's going to be available for those short plays. And I think Nelson Aguilar is the guy that's going to, you know, make the splash plays. You know, and I think if, to a certain degree, the tight ends are going to look like that, too. You know, Hunter Henry played more snaps at wide receiver. He ran more routes. But Jonu, they manufactured plays for him. And you could see the big play potential there. So uh, kind of can stick to what we said in the beginning, which is like, you know, depending on your format, 
you want to target different guys. Uh, with the Jets, I was definitely pleased with Corey Davis. Also pleased to see Elijah Moore play as many snaps. He played a ton of snaps, 40 pass snaps for Elijah Moore, whereas uh, the next closest was Braxton Berrios, probably playing in the Jameson Crowder role. That Crowder Crowder's will supposed to be back this week. Who gets hit? I think Crowder, uh, I think it's Braxton, Braxton Berrios that takes the hit. And I think that Corey Davis and Elijah, I think that Corey Davis is, is the split end and Elijah Moore is playing a flanker role. And uh, I think Berrios just goes off the radar and James Crowder comes in playing slot. The real question is whether Crowder ends up being the second wide receiver and two wide receiver sets. So that's something that we can look for this week and say, okay, when you see it on the field happening with two tight ends, who are the two guys out there? And that can kind of predict for the future, which guy's going to be the better asset, you know, uh, with the backs, I did like seeing Ty Johnson, Ty Johnson played 35 snaps, 30 were pass plays. So this is a committee backfield to me, it looks like. And Ty Johnson's probably the one that I'm most interested in. Cause I mostly play PPR formats, you know? Yep, 100% on that one. Uh, next matchup here, we have the San Francisco 49ers up against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Eagles, three-and-a-half-point home dogs. A lot of home dogs this week. Uh, mm. That's kind of interesting there from a betting perspective. Uh, 50 over-under game total here. Uh, 49ers, uh, you know, last week, Trey Sermon, the healthy and active. Uh, Ray Mostert out for the season with an injury. Uh, lasted, uh, lasted two plays. So sad. So sad. Uh, Jalen Hurts and Devonta Smith, though, looked the part. Miles Sanders looked great. Kenneth Gainwell scored a touchdown there. Dallas Goddard scored a touchdown last week for for Philadelphia with Ertz dealing with the hamstring uh, issue, apparently. Uh, What are your thoughts here with San Francisco and Philadelphia? This 49ers game is so weird. I mean, dude, they were winning 41-17, and they had the ball with six minutes left. Like, usually that means the game is over. You know, it's like, how many first downs you get? Two or three first downs, and the game's over? You right. know, like, crazy that, that you know, the uh, – They allowed the line, two touchdowns in under two minutes. Yeah, 180 yards passing after – in that last six-minute period there. So, like, you know, the Lions stats would have looked pretty bad. The Lions ran 92 snaps. We can talk about them when it's their their turn to be up here. But the 49ers, just, you just didn't get a good look at the team. You know what I mean? Like, uh, George Kittle which just did a ton of blocking. They were – because they were winning. They were scoring so quickly. That's what Shanahan said about Brandon Ayuk. He was like, you know, we planned to get him in there, but we just were scoring so quickly. And then all of a sudden it was – we were trying to run the clock down. There was really no reason to put him out there. So, uh, you know, Ayuk – impossible to trust them this week i feel but uh Trent I don't, probably has to be a must add there right yeah i mean i don't know because I, like debo is definitely an ad if he's available anywhere he was probably yeah. drafted but i mean debo looked the part you know he he runs violently so um you know and it, the the 49ers running backs have been talked to death you know on podcasts so i'm not even going to get into that you know Play the uh, put your hand. We also in, don't know. We also don't roulette. know. Who it's yeah. be. So like, he, even if the thing is about that situation is, even if they come out here and Elijah Mitchell gets 20 carries this week, you still don't know because Shanahan will change his mind whenever he feels like we'll it. Get it's, PC next week and you'll be like, what's going on? Exactly the way he's always done it. So, um, you know, with the Eagles, you and I drafted him in that that big uh, that big draft we had, and Devonta Smith was the guy. He was the only player on the team to play over 30 pass snaps. He played 39. Um, you know, so even more Goddard, uh, Rager played 29 Goddard, I think was in the 28 range. Um, uh, you know, Ertz was playing the slot role, dealt with a little hamstring injury. Uh, but you know, once again, they did the same thing they do is Goddard was in line. Ertz was out wide. You know, it, if Ertz is ever to go away, Goddard would have high end upside, but for now he's just kind of like one of those safe guys you throw in there. And, uh, I don't know, John, are you worried at all about Kenneth Gainwell? I really, you know, Miles Sanders looked great. Kenneth Gainwell looked good on his couple plays, but I mean, are you worried about him if you're a Miles Sanders owner? 
I mean, I don't love that he scored that touchdown when he did. You would have loved to see that go to Sanders, of course. But no, I mean, listen, I said this from the very beginning that Miles Sanders is a great running back when they use when they use him. He's at over five yards per carry back for his career. For whatever reason, they just never gave him that workload. He also had some injury issues. Uh, they gave him the workload. He looked good. Uh, it's, it should be a full go here. Now it's not a great matchup for him against San Francisco. Now. You know, Swift and Jamal Williams both had big fantasy games last week, but a lot of that was in the passing game, you know, and because the lines were down by so much. If this ends up being a game where San Francisco jumps out to a big lead, Sanders has drops issues. This could be a gain well game, you know, where they mm-hmm. have to throw the football to the running back. So um, definitely something to look for. Different style of play as well, you know, mobile quarterback and whatnot with Hurts who look good. I'm very, very interested to see how he pulls this one out. Um, for me next game on the list Cincinnati versus Chicago uh, the Bears are a two-point home favorite over under 45 uh, Jamar Chase I think he had about over 100 yards I'm pretty sure he had there um, I had the number I just just clicked off it but um, mm. Chase looked great Higgins looked great he had to go to the uh, the the locker room for an IV at one point uh, maybe Boyd was a disappointment there but Mixon looked fantastic uh, on the flip side uh, it was all David Montgomery yeah yeah it really was and if you look at the uh, the Bengals snap counts, the, it doesn't tell the whole story because it looks like Chase played 90% of the snaps and both uh, Boyd and Higgins played 75%. But Higgins uh, actually got dehydrated at one point, had to go in the locker room, get an IV. What really was happening was it was Boyd and uh, it was Higgins and Chase and two wide receiver sets. Boyd was the odd man out uh, when they, you know, when they were in those uh, big tight end sets. And that makes a lot of sense because the other two guys are just bigger players. They're better red zone players. I mean, T Higgins looked enormous out there. Did you, yeah. did you notice he looked gigantic? He, I was like, what, who is this tight end number 85? And then I realized, Oh geez, that's T Higgins. Like he looked like a monster out there. So I think both Higgins and chase are going to be good Boyd, I think if you can package him up and move him, I would try and do it. I mean, he's going to have games, but he just, he never profiled as a big, guy that was going to do a whole lot without volume and now the volume is kind of in question and uh, I guess I'll just leave it with a little bit of on the the Bengals got a victory lap on Joe Mixon I told y'all to be drafting him it's the perfect situation you know the line's better the offense is better Joe uh, Joe Bernard's gone and we just saw what that looks like you know which is great uh, you know with David Montgomery kind of the same thing Tariq Cohen's not there maybe he'll be back at some point but Montgomery was running hard catching the ball everything was good about it uh, the story for me there was Cole Komet 51 snaps uh, 22 of which he played wide receiver Jimmy Graham only played 14 snaps in the game so uh, Komet played 20 more snaps at wide receiver than Graham even played in the game so for me Komet was my number one tight end to add this week uh, it's basically him against Darnell Mooney for second target on the team if you go around the NFL it's very difficult to find any tight ends that even have a, you know, a coin flip at second right. target. So I'll take that all day long, you know? Yep, 100% there. I have a lot of Cole Komet uh, because of you. So uh, going late in drafts. I mean, use, use your free key, uh, tight end too, basically, if you were you're looking for a backup there. Um, Denver versus Jacksonville. Interesting one, I think, here. Um, because Jacksonville lost to Houston, which I don't think many thought <laughs> uh, Houston would actually win a game. Uh, they were actually getting blown out in that one. And a lot, a lot of garbage time stats for uh, Trevor Lawrence ended up throwing for over 300 yards and three scores. Uh, Marvin Jones Jr. got in the end zone there at the very end. DJ Chark, I think, had 12 targets in that game, which is, I think, good for him. Uh, LaVisca Chenault looked okay. The running game, uh, have to be worried if you're James Robinson, um, someone that, with him on your roster with the way Carlos Hyde got involved there. Uh, on the flip side for Denver, Jerry Judy obviously now down uh, with an injury. Uh, we're going to see, I think, Noah Fant and Cortland Sutton and probably Tim Patrick 
take a step up there. We saw Melvin Gordon with the 70-yard touchdown run. And uh, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, 216, two scores in that game against the Giants. Hey, let me get a little wager alarm take from you here. Uh, if you guys aren't following at wager alarm, that's kind of our betting arm. We're going to get a little more into that as it gets more, you know, is more popular. I mean, everyone kind of does it on the side, but now it's, it's looking like it's trending towards being legal. So make sure you follow wager alarm. Make sure you know what you're doing for that because it, it is a lot of fun and it's something that is going to be more mainstream here. Uh, so what do you think about this whole idea that the Texans just beat the Jaguars, right? And the Jaguars Bronco spread is only six points, but the Texans Brown spread is 12 and a half. So, I mean, how, is it that, you know, the odds makers don't really love Denver? Is it matchup based? Like, what? how is this kind of coming? Well, why is Houston such a insane underdog in this game? Or maybe they love Cleveland. I mean, what, what what's your take on that, John? Yeah, I mean, so so if you're new to best sports betting, the, the home team generally is given three points to start. Uh, so Jacksonville is actually probably more true of a plus nine than they are a, a plus six, if you kind of believe in that minus three to begin with um, as a home dog still. Um, yeah, you know, I think a lot of this has to go with maybe the uncertainty with Denver. I mean, Ted Bridgewater, more of a game manager, you know, is he going to be able to put up a lot of points? If it is a lot of points, you know, is Jacksonville then just going to backdoor cover? You know, because they do have the offensive talent, which I've talked about. You know, I like Lawrence and I like Chark and Jones and Chenault. Like, I think they can put up points in garbage time situations to get those, you know, those late game productions. So, you know, I, I think that has a little bit to do with it. I also think you have Houston on the road. You have Jacksonville at home. Uh, Houston's going up against Cleveland, which is supposed to, you know, I think many would consider a better team than Denver. Talent wise, at least, you know, Nick Chubb should run all over this Houston team. Um, so that's how I'm taking a look at it, you know, but yeah, it's six points as a home dog for Jacksonville. I think they actually cover this one. I think they get, they're going to be embarrassed based on what they did. Now Denver's defense is definitely strong, but they, they lost their court, their starting cornerback last week to IR. Now they're going to have, uh, did they have certain or did they have Samuel? They drafted one of the rookies, um, that's going to step up there, um, this week they, to be a starter. So Samuel's with the Chargers. So I think okay, so maybe it's maybe it's certain who they have. So he's probably gonna end up starting this week. But um, yeah, you know, I think it's interesting. Jacksonville getting the six here after losing. Well, Houston's uh, getting twelve. Yeah, there you have it, folks. That's a free take. The rest of them you can find on uh, wageralarm.com. You know, we got a ton of stuff on there. It's all really great. Uh, in terms of fantasy for this game, uh, I think Cortland Sutton with the Judy injury, I think Sutton and Fant are going to be the main beneficiaries there. Uh, interesting with the running backs of the Broncos, uh, the split was right down the middle, 33 snaps each. Uh, Melvin played slightly more pass snaps. Javante got a couple more carries. What that looks like to me, unfortunately, is how the um, how the Bills handled Zach Moss and Devin Singletary last season, where the snaps were right down the middle. Uh, Singletary played more pass. Moss played more run. I think these are more talented players on the Broncos. And obviously, anytime there's a rookie, they do have an opportunity to you know get a bigger share. But Melvin Gordon really kind of uh, if they, he was creaking through that door, Melvin Gordon just put his foot in the way and was like, mm, 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 with that big, <laughs> you know, it was like, that was, that was kind of a shot to the Javante Williams people. You and I were more Melvin Gordon guys, just because he yeah, was, I mean, he was an know. incumbent. He did nothing to lose his job. It was just that he had a one year contract. Um, but yeah, I'm down with the way uh, all that performed. What do you think for the receiving group? What, are, what should we expect here? 
I think like I think Fant's going to take a big step up. I think they're going to use more Albert Aqua Boonham, which is what they did use towards the end of that game, which is kind of annoying for everybody. You want to see more, uh, you know, second tight ends are always kind of a difficult sell to anybody. You know what I mean? So uh, we'd rather see uh, the wide receiver step up, but I think you're going to get more Sutton and, uh, you know, Hamler is more of the wild card and probably the guy that you would rather have in a uh, like a DraftKings or something because he could right. score at any moment. And then Patrick is just going to if you need a guy that's not going to get you a zero. Patrick is just always uh, he's making some sort of play, uh, you know, on the Jaguar side. Uh, DJ Chark and Marvin Jones played the most snaps. LaVisca Chenault was kind of the slot guy that mixed around. But, you know, in this particular offense, that's an interesting player always uh, for some odd reason this whole the the with the whole jaguars situation the theme is why or you know what's going on like why is carlos Hyde getting more carries than james robinson and the big one for me james o'shaughnessy's usage this weekend was literally just like travis kelsey like it was ideal he didn't block on a single pass play he played 32 snaps at wide receiver which is the same as logan thomas uh, ran 44 routes got six six targets it's like if why can't nothing you could have predicted <laughs> why can't a team use mike gusecki like that you know what i mean why can't a team take one of these athletic guys and do that it's because o'shaughnessy just not really that guy you know what i mean so uh it's kind of a you, you got to take the usage when you when you see it. So Sean, he is kind of a deep ad, but I mean, it just I, all these other guys, when you see them each week and you're like, why can't they just give him more usage? Like tra- teleport that guy onto the Jaguars, please, for me. Uh, maybe one of the uh, Cleveland tight ends could go over there, like David Njoko or something like that. Seriously. Uh, we have Houston versus Cleveland here. Cleveland is a 12 and a point home, 12 and a half point home favorite over under 48 here. Uh, for Houston, it's, it's Brandon Cooks, but the only guy I have any sort of interest in, um, even though Amendola found the end zone and Ingram had 26 carries. Uh, this is going to be a game where they're going to be behind in. Uh, for Cleveland, OBJ already ruled out. Um, so if you believed in Njoku, maybe a possibility that he finds himself uh, valuable uh, this week here. Um, I think it's all Nick Chubb, though. I think Nick Chubb is going to run all over this Houston team. I put in my uh, QB coach. Uh, that Baker Mayfield as a fade because I think Nick Chubb legitimately has 200 yards rushing in his outcomes this week. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Chubb Chubb is just a megastar, and uh, with the tight ends for Cleveland, it's kind of the opposite of what we saw with Jaguars. Like the usage was just split down the middle: 35 snaps in Joku, 38 Hooper. They both blocked on four and five uh, pass snaps, which is just it. You know, that's when you're only running 20 pass plays, which is what these guys did. That's one of every four pass plays. You know, it's just it's not great for fantasy. So uh, it, it's just kind of a shame if there was only one of them there, I would be interested, especially with Odell out. But because it's kind of two of them splitting it, don't really love that. Uh, so the Browns are what they are. They're trying to punch you in the mouth with rushing. And this week's probably going to be pretty easy for them to do that. On the uh, Texan side, uh, what people probably don't realize is that it actually was a split with um with the running backs so you know everyone's like oh mark ingram went off but um david johnson actually quietly played 18 pass plays and ingram only played eight so when the game script flips which in most weeks it will david johnson is probably going to be playing a lot of pass work he caught a touchdown pass so uh when all is said and done i wouldn't actually be surprised if david johnson is the better back in on that team uh, like you said brandon cooks is the big dog uh, nico collins hoping he can emerge he did play like 40 snaps which for a rookie isn't bad but you got to remember this game is so weird that the texans played like 
80 snaps. So he really, even playing 40 snaps, only played a 50% snap share. So kind of leaves a lot to be desired there for uh, for the Texas wide receivers. It's kind of cooks or nothing right now. Yeah, I agree with you on that one there. Uh, next matchup, Coop, we have the Saints and Panthers. Uh, I don't think we got a good feel for what the Saints are going to be because they they, they scored five that? touchdowns in like three seconds. Uh, it was a complete blowout for um, uh, against the Packers. Uh, Marquez Callaway, apparently, though, I saw on Twitter, I think still had a, a pretty good snap share. So even though he did nothing, uh, there's still hope for him uh, in this offense. Carolina, uh, Christian McCaffrey was the leading fantasy point getter without scoring a touchdown. So he's back to being the GOAT fantasy football running back. Um, what's your take here uh, in this matchup? Yeah, so Marcus Callaway was the only wide receiver that played any snap share, like you said. Um, it was so split. Even uh, Ty Montgomery oddly went out and played just wide receiver for them. So very weird. Uh, Traquan yeah, Smith transition during the preseason. He's only a receiver now. Yeah, Traquan Smith is probably when he comes back. He's probably the only other hope for a wide receiver there. And then obviously Michael Thomas if he comes back. But for now, there's one wide receiver. That's it. Alvin Kamara is the king. And then uh, at, Johnson, t- at, t- at tight end, it was so weird because I was, you know, obviously I was victory lapping the touchdowns because you got to, right? But Juwan Johnson only played 12 snaps. Adam Trotman played 51. We would, I would love to see Juwan. He's got the higher upside if he can get more snaps. But if Juwan is just going to be a guy that plays like 10 snaps and Trotman's going to play 51 and get six targets, Trotman could end up being the better asset, even though he's kind of a lower ceiling asset. Because he's not particularly fast, not particularly athletic, but he can clearly catch the ball, you know. Uh, and then we have the Panthers, which obviously, you know, this is CMC versus Kamar as far as running back. So you don't touch anything else, you know, um, with uh, the wide receivers, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, full snap share. Terrace Marshall, he played out of the slot, but he came out uh, when they used two wide sets. And then both the Panthers, um, Tight ends, there was a clear split. Ian Thomas is now just a kind of a blocking tight end. Dan Arnold went in there to, um, you know, play some pass plays, but he only played 23 of 37. So to me, there's three assets on this team. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Christian McCaffrey. If you're going to stash anyone, stash Terrace Marshall. But uh, you can drop either of the, the tight ends at this yeah, point. I agree with you on that one. Next matchup, we have Las Vegas Raiders going into Pittsburgh here against the Steelers. Uh, Steelers five and a half point favorites here after their comeback from win. Uh, come from behind win against Buffalo last week. Uh, Las Vegas, Josh Jacobs, he was banged up in that game. Had to come out a few times due to, I don't know, foot injury at one point. Another time it looked like maybe a shoulder. Uh, you know, we didn't, you know, the they brought in Kenny and Drake because Did of you the see durability. The- did you see the injury report today? For <laughs> no, is it, it looks like nine things. It literally just said everything. I'm not <laughs> even kidding. They they put the word everything there. Yeah, he, was, he, he, <laughs> I've never he seen that. He, he couldn't make it through one week, and now he's got a tough Pittsburgh defense to go through. Uh, Henry Ruggs made a catch or two, but the story in this Las Vegas team was the 19 targets by Darren Waller. Uh, this is going to be a tough matchup for them. They're going cross country. Pittsburgh's defense at home over the last few years has been an absolute nightmare. Uh, they just wake up and get ready to eat uh, when they're at home. They got TJ Watt back on that big monster contract. Uh, I'm not expecting much of anything here out of Las Vegas. It's, it's going to be really ugly for the Raiders, to be honest with you. Maybe they can, you know, I just, I wouldn't trust either of Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs. And I say either because Hunter Renfro, there's just nothing appealing about uh, you know, his usage in terms of, you know, playing in the slot, coming out of the game. It's like he's like last year. His upside is last year Cole Beasley, you know what I mean, which is like a wide receiver three that never really cracks 
15 points at any point, you know, so not really excited there. Uh, if Jacobs is out, I would like Drake a lot. I mean, we kind of know what they're going to do, but the Raiders for me this week is going to be pretty ugly. You start Darren Waller every week, you know, so you don't need really need to talk about him. Um, it, crazy that Gruden goes, he's the best player I've ever coached of all those players. I mean, that Buccaneers team that won the Super Bowl was like insane. <laughs> amount of time, right? It's like, that's the best player. So, Hey, but he said it. So, um, with the Steelers, Juju Smith Schuster actually played the most snaps. He played in the slot primarily, but actually did move to flanker for some two wide. They ran mostly three wide with, uh, you know, Deontay Claypool. That's going to be kind of a three, you know, Friday Night Lights three-way coin flip each week, I, I imagine. But, um, you know, probably the better. There's huge upside in Claypool. Juju is kind of a PPR floor guy. And then Deontay Johnson is a well-rounded guy. Deontay that, scored again. You know, I mean, if he's going to keep yeah. scoring touchdowns, right? Right. He's the guy, you know, it's like he's the guy that has all the upside in the world. The drops holds him back. The, um, you the know. Injuries. The, the injuries. Did you see how he got hurt? He literally ran into, like, the linebacker in the middle of the field. Like right. that's how that's how he got here he self-inflicted injury on that one exactly it? just it's things like that where it's like maybe really you can boil it all down to lack of concentration probably and i think you know in his career if he gets it all together he's going to be fantastic but for, but for now it's kind of holding him back um you know Najee Najee Harris. Harris. yeah every single snap right like yeah. what more can you ask for uh, uh production Production. I guess you could ask for that yeah, yeah we well, do, listen what if, what have i been saying this whole time i know he's going to get the volume if he can't do anything with the volume, what does it matter, right? And the right. offensive line sucked. He couldn't run behind it, and he got no fantasy points out of it. I mean, like – I will go down. I will go down with the snaps. You can bury me in <laughs> in my coffin with 50, you know, 53 of 53 snaps or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah, you know, yeah listen, so. they're going to give him all the volume. He's fine with me. Let me just say, Ebron and Fryermuth drop them both. They split the work evenly. Uh, Ebron played more pass snaps. Uh, it just it's not going to work unless somebody gets hurt. And there's there's too many. Then there's three wide receivers to contend with. Just get just wash your hands of that if you have any of them. Uh, Atlanta's going into Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay gets to open the season with two home games. Must be nice to be the champs. Twelve and a half point favorites. Fifty two over under in this one. Does does Atlanta even have a chance? To no. stay in, like, there's no, right? Like, I, I sent you a screenshot during uh, a, a text message during last week's game uh, of Atlanta in an I formation with like two tight ends and like Ridley set out. I'm like, this is not Stupid. my Falcons offense. Stupid. <laughs> it's, uh, it's and, and then this week, uh, Arthur Smith's like, I guess we should probably get Gage and Pitts more involved. You think you think you shouldn't be running I formation here? Look, can we spread it out with, with Matt Ryan, please? Nobody's doing that. You know what I mean? Like no one is running that offense. It's like a peewee football offense. You can't have your, you know, you only get so many, uh, you get five, every play you get five uh, eligible receivers. You can't have two of them be uh, Keith Smith and Hayden Hurst. You know what I mean? It's just the Patriots were trying to do that last year with Ryan Izzo, who they weren't throwing the ball to ever. And it's just like, you can't tell the defense. We only have three guys that catch the football in this play. You know, it's just, it's, you think that you're just going to run these guys over and you're definitely not going to do it to Tampa Bay. So no, no, this uh, is going to yeah. be bloodshed, but I, let's talk about it Tampa because I think there's more interesting uh, things to talk about because Gronk looked like old Gronk. He got what nine of nine for 90 yards and two scores. Antonio Brown looked like an old Antonio Brown going for five and 100 and whatever in his score. Godwin had the, the lead in targets with I think 14. And then there was Mike Evans who yeah. was on the field a lot didn't do much he disappears at times man he's gonna have big games so you can't count him out like he's just tom brady 
is a guy that he spreads the ball around, but he'll take what he's given. You know what I mean? So if you want to put your best corner on Mike Evans and let somebody else be open, Brady's not going to force it to that guy, you know? So, I mean, he'll get it to him one way or another at some point, but like, you just, if you want to take that guy away with, you know, bracketing and doing whatever, then take him away and you know, we'll do something else. And that's exactly what they did. Uh, so Evans played 90 percent of the snaps godwin played 98 antonio brown only played 64 percent of the snaps didn't matter whenever he was out there tom just found him uh same with gronk uh so you know i think any one of those guys given how explosive this offense is and how bad this falcons team is you could start them start them all you know what i mean if you have them it's like why not uh with the running backs that's a totally different story ronald jones fumbled the ball bounced off leonard fournette's hands for an interception uh joe bernard literally only played pass plays he only he played 17 snaps and it yeah. was fif- 15 routes and two pass blocks. Arian so. said that. Arian says that Gio Bernard is their third down and two minute drill guy. So that is all he's going to see the field for. So that's all he's going to do. So you can't. I mean, it's like full PPR, maybe in a pinch, but you can't count on him to get any carries. It seems maybe a, a draw play every once in a while. So I will say uh, shout out Gio Bernard because I bet the over one and a half catches and the over 11 and a half yards, and uh, it took literally the final two plays of that drive basically to, for him to hit that on a consecutive play. So uh, yeah. good, good ups, good ups on that one. Yeah, uh, good job, John. And so for the Falcons, I just want to say, you know, it's like Calvin Ridley's a guy Pitts. People are down on Pitts, which is so funny to me because I was low on Pitts before the low man to a certain degree. I mean, how low can you be having a rookie tight end years or tight end six? You know what I mean? Like, but apparently that was low on this guy compared to everybody else. But uh, you know, when you look at the, usage he had the basically the second best usage only only to kelsey you know so it's like i actually liked what pitts did this week so i'm i'm in on pitts i don't have any of them but i would be i'm gonna try and trade for some you know yep a uh, couple more games here to go over Coop. Uh, we're, we're in the four o'clock hour right now we got minnesota arizona uh, arizona looked phenomenal up against tennessee tennessee's defense looks as bad as it did last year uh and arizona tore them apart we have minnesota uh, you know, they they had some good momentum there. Our guy Adam Thielen, uh, you know, to a surprise to everybody, found the end zone twice. So, uh, you know, touchdowns still exist for Thielen. Uh, Dalvin Cook looked okay. Jefferson, uh, thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, that was a victory. I was victory lapping that, you know. The, I was like, oh, yeah, can't score 14 touchdowns again. I mean, guess he can. But uh, the Vikings, I love the Vikings for fantasy because it's exactly what we think it is. Two wide receivers and one running back. Easy, simple, done. So Tyler Conklin blocked on eight pass snaps. You can drop them if you have them for some reason. So uh, with the Vikings, it's easy. We don't even really need to talk about it. Two, three guys, you know, with the Cardinals, it's a little more complicated. Uh, You know, they have all these crazy sets. They're basically, uh, you know, everyone's wearing single digit numbers, which is confusing. Uh, And um, you you have James Conner as the power back. He looked good. He had some stiff arms. You have uh, Chase Edmonds playing half wide receiver, half running back. You have Rondell Moore going out there doing the same thing that Chase is doing, catching screen passes and, you know, not really going downfield a whole lot. Uh, he he actually had three screens and one broken play. If he didn't have the broken play, his average depth of target would have been negative 4.3 yards. Uh, you know, the story for me, I think, is that, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is awesome. Christian Kirk in that Larry Fitz role looked really good. Yeah. And even A.J. Green, if you go back and watch that game, he had a catch where he – you know, basically caught it and tried to make a move as he was catching it and his heel was out of bounds. So if that didn't really happen, that's another like 20 something yard play could have been even bigger because it looks like he was going to break the tackle with the move. So I'm not really even ruling AJ green out yet. I mean, that offense is just going to be explosive. Uh, the, 
you know, to me, if you have um, Kyler Murray, then you, you know, you're feeling really good about it. And I just want to add that there was one play where Max Williams attempted to dive and make a catch. And I, I swear to God, I thought it was a, a guard. And I was like, oh, wait, that's their tight end. So <laughs> you can forget about their tight end at this point. Uh, next matchup here, we have Tennessee going up against Seattle. Seattle looked uh, amazing against Indy. Uh, Russell Wilson, uh, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Gerald Everett even found the end zone last week. Uh, Tennessee, the complete opposite of amazing. Uh, yeah, A.J. Brown found the end zone, but Julio Jones was nowhere to be found. Derrick Henry looked awful. Uh, that defense looks like trash. They're five-and-a-half-point underdogs going into Seattle. I am expecting Russell Wilson to once again cook this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would say this is the Seahawks are another classic two wide receivers and a running back. Uh, I kind of I thought Gerald Everett might be okay, but did they split that the snaps right down the middle, 40 apiece, 20 pass snaps for Everett and Will Disley. So if you can sell high on Everett or sell for anything, I would actually do that. So uh, I'm off him. Uh, the Titans, again, it's another one. Really, it's just kind of the same thing. Two wide receivers and a running back, which is I love that for fantasy football because it, it takes all the guesswork out of it. You know what I mean? In any given week, they're, the team's either going to be good or it's going to be bad, but you know who's going to be good if they are good. With the Cardinals, you kind of have no idea. With the Steelers, it's like, you know, they could score. Big Ben could throw four touchdown passes, and it's like two are to Ebron and two are to <laughs> Fryermuth. And, it, you know, it's like yeah. you look you look at your fantasy players, and you're like, how did how did we win 40 to nothing? And yeah. I, I got no play. Playpool had three catches, you know. Right. Like, like if, the, if the Titans win, then you know who scored the points, you know. Same thing with Seattle, though, right? Seattle has the only two exactly. guys that are on football, too. So. Exactly, yeah. It's good. I like that. You know, uh, so. Dal- Dallas versus the Chargers here. Uh, Dallas last week, you know, their offense, Zach Prescott looked amazing. Um, Michael Gallup is out with an injury. So, you know, if you're talking about, you know, who's going to get the football, it's CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, uh, Zeke, bad game, but bad matchup for him. Uh, and Dalton Schultz actually pulled in six catches in this game for Dallas. Uh, flip side, we have the Chargers. Austin Eckler had zero targets, but ran for a touchdown. Both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams had big games against Washington. Yeah, the Chargers game, that was one of those games where, um, like the Lions won, where they had uh, 83 offensive snaps. The league leader last year, at, you know, average 70. So uh, the production was probably a little bit inflated. But, I mean, you got to love the Keenan Alley and Mike Williams target shares. Uh, didn't look like Josh Palmer really showed up at all. Jalen Guyton was all exercise team and that he was out there for a lot of snaps and didn't touch the ball much. So uh, you can really, you know, lean into Keenan, Mike Williams, and Eckler. Uh, Larry Roundtree got some touches, but not concerned there because uh, Eckler actually had seven carries inside the 20. So what we thought might be the problem actually wasn't the problem at all. And uh, with the tight end there, Donald Parham was uh, relegated to strictly blocking. I posted some numbers on that, but you can drop him. Uh, maybe in Dynasty, you, you hold on to him, hoping that Jared Cook leaves. But Cook is actually kind of an interesting option if it's going to be consolidated the way it was. You know, I don't you know, it's hard to trust him to get as many targets again with considering how many plays they ran. But, um, you know, I'm not uh, I'm not counting him out. He's like a good he's a good guy. You can start now while you look for your um, your breakout guy. And again, you kind of said it all with the Cowboys. Um, it's all about Lamb and um, all about Lamb and Amari. Cedric Wilson will get some snaps. But who cares? Uh, Zeke had 70 snaps. Uh, Tony Pollard only had 20. He was returning kicks and punts. So uh, a great special teamer, you said, right? On Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. If we had, people don't like that. But uh, Zeke, I think he's going to have a bounce back game here. And the tight ends, again, just a situation where they're stepping on each other's toes. If there was one of them in this high powered offense, I would kind of I would kind of be interested. But, um, you know, 
Dalton Schultz ran 42 routes. Blake Jarwin ran 40. I mean, it's just not enough separation, not enough uh, trust there for consistency, you know? So uh, I'm just not interested in Schultz or Blake Jarwin unless one of them goes away, you know? Yeah, I'm 100% in agreement with you on that one. Uh, Sunday night game, we have a good one on tap. Kansas City versus Baltimore. Uh, Chiefs going in. Uh, Baltimore is a three-and-a-half-point underdog at home. Uh, running back situation in Baltimore uh, last week was interesting. Uh, Tyson Williams got the early workload but only had two carries in the second half of that game. Marquise Brown looked good. Mark Andrews not a ton of volume. Sammy Watkins looked good. Uh, the Chiefs, they chiefed. Uh, you know, yeah. It was Tyreek Hill, it was Travis Kelsey, it's Patrick Mahomes. That's, uh, that's, did that's you did you see the reporter ask uh, Patrick Mahomes about that meme where the whole Tyreek Tyreek's down there somewhere meme, right? Where he yeah. just kind of throws it and he respond. Did you see his response to that? No. He said sometimes it be like that. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it is true. You know, it's like so Tyreek's the dude. Kelsey is an absolute animal. How do you not cover Travis Kelsey? Why is he getting so open? Like he, he he's just well. I said this about Gronk. Gronk's been running up the seam and Tom Brady's been hitting him up the seam for 15 years. Right. And in, in three times a game in the most crucial situation of the game, Gronk is wide open up the seam for like 25 yards every time without fail. And Kelsey's like the same way. When, when, when Mahomes needs it, Kelsey's wide open every time. It's crazy. It was a, you know, prime Dallas Witten was like that too. Where it's like this humongous dude in a big white Jersey. And you, you can't, you, I don't know how they're sneaking away, but it, it happens. Um, you know, for anyone that cares, uh, Demarcus Robinson and Michael Hardman were the guys that played the most snaps at wide receiver. Byron Pringle was just completely out of the equation. Uh, so if you were trying to pull a sneaky with him, you can just get rid of him. And you can probably get rid of Demarcus Robinson too, but he's uh, at least out there. Uh, CH, you know, he he kind of ran the full show there. Uh, with Tyson Williams, uh, what I'm hearing is that he made mistakes that went beyond the obvious ones, like the fumble and the miss block like there were things that he was doing where he would he's ending up in the wrong spot on pass plays you know just things that you would expect from a guy like him that you know is kind of a younger undrafted guy so uh it would be nice to have him as like you know as a the first half version but you know i'm a little bit worried about latavius uh taking a big chunk of that uh, your boy sammy watkins week one sammy watkins right Invema, you I think I saw you tweet that out. So it was funny. I tweeted that out, and then I felt stupid because all the fantasy football Twitter also tweeted that out within like 10 seconds of each other. It's like, damn it, I, was, I wasn't as original as I thought. I had a good engagement tweet that day, though. You know, I had the the, the Henry Ruggs pick by the Raiders. Uh, that, that that tweet kind of uh, had some good movement on it. But, yeah, everybody and their brother was tweeting the week one, Sammy Watkins. Uh, it's week two now, now though. So, you know, we'll see if uh, the carriage turns back into the pumpkin. I think I got that fairy tale correct. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll we'll go from there. Uh, let's wrap this baby up with an exciting Monday night football game of the Detroit Lions versus the Green Bay Packers. Uh, 11 point favorites is Green Bay. Not sure how you can be 11 point favorites after the performance that they just put up. Uh, Detroit, I don't know. I mean, like they came back against San Francisco. It's you know, do they have that in them again? The running backs do look legit. So maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. What do you think? If you're out there, I'm telling you, here's a here's a free wager alarm one from me. Slam this Lions line at 11 points. Uh, take the Packers 
to cover that spread because it's going to go up once people go back and start actually watching that game and realizing like what happened. The Lions were toast. They lost 41-17 and then, uh, you know, they basically got extra snaps because there was a pick six. So that that's some of the offensive production. You know, when you have an interception for a touchdown, it just it gives more snaps to the offense. It's, it's a good thing in fantasy football, to be honest. Uh, and then what ended up happen, happening was the 49ers couldn't sit on the football. The Lions had an 89-yard drive to score. I'll give them that as garbage time, right? If that that's an acceptable amount of garbage time because that's usually the most that happens. Then they recovered an onside kick and got another 60 yards on the next drive, but still didn't score. Then the 49ers fumbled the ball back to them and they got another 50-something yards. So, you know, at least 100. Normally, a game is just over when you're down by that much with six minutes left and you just run the clock out. So. But I'll give them the 89-yard drive. The extra 100 yards never should have happened. But it was basically 200 yards that should not have happened. You know, it's just insane to me uh, that people are looking at that and saying that this Lion team didn't get blown out because they they got completely blown out. And then the other team uh, foot the took the foot off the gas. It was George Kittle that dropped the onside kick, which is just you know normally the game's right. just over. So um, you know, but it is nice to see. I mean, Jamal Williams and Swift split down the middle. So, you know, in a lesser game, they're not going to be wide running back two and three overall. They'll probably both be somewhere in the running back two range. TJ Hawkinson is the one who was the man. 78 of 92 snaps, uh, you know, looked great out there, uh, impressed. Tyrell Williams was disappointing. He was the guy that we were kind of caping up for. I don't know what happened there, but he's always going to face the top corners because he's the top guy. So he's going to get smushed by Jared Alexander. With the Packers, it's so hard to judge because they just kind of blew it and then gave up. You know, uh, Devontae Adams is going to be a beast. Uh, Alan Lazard and Marcus Valdez-Scantlin were the top three wide receivers. Randall Cobb only played 15 snaps. So that's if you were banking on Cobb, he's coming along slowly if he's ever going to do anything. Uh, And then before he got pulled, Aaron Rodgers played a 70 percent snap share. So you might look at the overall snap numbers and not be impressed, but he actually played the most snaps he's probably ever played because the snaps were usually like 50 or 60 percent back when it was him and Jamal Williams. So I'm not concerned. I'm starting. Um, Aaron Rodgers, I'm starting Devonta Adams, I'm starting um, Aaron Jones, and I don't have Tony uh, Robert Tunyon on any team, and I never will, so I'm not starting him. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, I actually only have Adams for Green Bay um, for the. I actually have a ton of T.J. Hawkinson, so uh, I'm hopeful that continues to be as awesome as it as it is. Getting him where you were uh, in drafts, I thought he just had as much upside as as really any of the other guys, given that offensive style. So. Um, that's where I sit, and that's where we are, guys, heading into week two here. Uh, obviously, you have all of Coop's content on Fantasy Alarm and DFS Alarm, tight end coach coming out. Uh, well, this is, you're going to be listening to this on a Thursday, so that'll be up for you all. Um, you know, get us on Twitter or anywhere you want, at Coop A Fiasco. You can get me at jampemba777. We're in the Discord answering all your questions. You know, we're here to rock it with you all. Uh, but for now, we will catch you guys next time. <laughs>